Hey there, guys. This is Evan Danger Rodriguez, and you're listening to the Shanghai Comedy Corner. Dear Shanghai fans, Shanghai trash, real Shanghai goods, and fake lawies. This week's podcast episode is brought to you by the end of the school year. It's that time in the year when teachers are most sad and happy, sad to receive final words of appreciation from their students. One of our teachers received a note stating their lessons were kinda okay, and happy to see the little buggers and their parents leave. Exams are now almost all done, and the students' fate is into the hands of a few sadistic examiners. It's that time of the year when teachers wait for the holidays while still showing up at work, counting on as many class cancellations as possible and as few meetings as possible. They endure the heat, the rain, the humidity, the farewell parties of people they've barely made efforts to keep in touch with. It's when Shanghai starts emptying itself of its foreigners, and when the Nanjing pedestrian road scammers start planning their next con for new, young, and impressionable foreign students who still think tea shops and art galleries are a thing. Welcome to the 46th podcast episode of Shanghai Comedy Corner, the only podcast that will make your summer holidays easier to wait for. I'm talking to you from flooded downtown Shanghai, offering holiday fun and bringing you people of note via Shanghai Comedy Corner. This week, American stand-up comedian Evan Danger Rodriguez and I will surf on Shanghai puddles to beaches of laughter. It's random, it's fun, and it's as unexpected as lots of free taxes on a rainy day. Please follow us on our official WeChat account at SHCC Podcast. Hello, Evan. Hey, hey, how you doing? How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on board. Well, you're welcome. I'm very happy to have you, and especially with that kind of weather. Oh yeah. You made it. You're all drenched and everything, but you made it. Yeah, my shoes are ruined. Socks completely soaked through, but I'm in good spirits. Yeah, yeah. you are. Let's do this thing. So, um, my I guess my first question is uh, your name, since you were so um, uh, cheesy about how I should present your name. Yes. Uh, so, what? Why danger? Um, so, Evan Danger is actually my uh, ring name from、mm-hmm. when I was doing、uh, Muay Thai kickboxing and boxing.、Oh. Um, so that was that was my nickname during college, and then it sort of、uh, just stuck. Um, and you know my real last name, Rodriguez, is very Hispanic. Yeah.、Um, and you know I didn't want to be known as、uh, that other Hispanic comedian here. And also, you know, I'm okay. I'm part、uh, Spanish, Puerto Rican, Native American, Chilean, Irish, Polish, Italian.、Uh, but I grew up in a Jewish community. <laughs> Everyone assumes I'm Jewish, and I live and work in China, so more like Chinese and Jewish than Spanish, and it it just made it simplified things to go with a uh, uh, an alias, yeah, you know, one that adds a bit more mystique to、uh, <laughs> to my persona, I guess. So, so do you feel do you have split personalities because of these、uh, different backgrounds?、Uh, you know, a little bit of influence from everywhere.、Um, Yeah, you know, I, I never really got in touch much with my Latino roots.、Uh, just growing up on the Upper West Side of New York,、mm. like all my friends were Jewish, and then I went to high school, and all my friends were Asian. And now, oh, were they? Yeah,、oh, I went to Bronx Science. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> More、uh, 
lots and lots of Chinese, and that's where I started studying Chinese, and then one thing led to another, and now here I am in China 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing it. So what's it like to grow up in New York? What's uh, it like to be even Danger Rodriguez as a little boy in New York? Oh, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, it's New York. It's the Big Apple. There's tons of people, traffic jams, people from all over, skyscrapers, so... Kind of like Shanghai. Yeah. Not as hectic, not as polluted. Um, but yeah, very fast paced and always a lot to do. Uh, but you know, living there for 18 years, I did everything there was. Um, so, I, you know, I wanted to do something different for college, so I actually went to school up in Boston. Um, then that was when I got really serious about coming to work in China. Um, and, you know, like one of, the, one of the jokes I do is about how Shanghai and New York are just practically the same now with all the internationalization and commercialism and everything. So you studied finance. Yep. Right. Was it your, your choice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I asked that because I know you as a stand-up comedian and mm -hmm. finance people don't strike me as people who usually go into comedy. I mean, maybe it's a stereotype, but I was just making sure it was your choice. <laughs> no, no. Um, so I, I was studying economics, actually, uh, my freshman year, and that was um, the year before the, uh, the world financial crisis. And then the, the first internship I had during school was at um, this mutual fund company. And working there right after the financial crisis was just you know, incredibly interesting. It really uh, opened my eyes to the world of finance and uh, changed majors right away. And then from there, the goal was always to come out to, uh, to China and work in financial services and now it's, it's happening so oh it's a long-term goal to come here yeah oh why why china and why this long-term goal oh man um <laughs> we're going deep yeah. into your psyche at the moment. no i mean everyone everyone always gets asked that question and you know i, I got a so i got bit by the uh the yellow fever bug uh pretty early on in high school when i when I first started studying Chinese, you know, lots of lots of cute girls in the class, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be worth moving to the other side of the planet to see if I can you know, be successful. <laughs> but you know, just the everything, the the martial arts, the the language, the script, the history, just trying to just it always fascinated me. Mm. And then you know, I, I just never I never saw myself as a a guy working on Wall Street. I always saw myself working as a guy in Lu Chao's way. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I mean, I'm not in Lu Chao's way yet. Got to work my way up to that. But uh. So now you are um, an investment portfolio manager. Yes. I don't, don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. Uh, but previously, you, were, you did a few different jobs. Like, you were a cashier at some point in your life? Yes. I'd like to hear more about that. At Beloco Burritos. Beloco Burritos. And actually, ironically enough today, this was this a... I guess more of a coincidence and irony, but uh, I was kind of spacing out at work on Reddit, and uh, I saw a caption for a guy who they said looked kind of like uh, the Hound from Game of Thrones and kind of like, I don't know, some other cartoon character. And it was this guy who always came to Beloco to order burritos. It was that guy. I was like, oh my god. You know this guy. I know that guy. <laughs> that very same guy. He's on Reddit now. He's, he's, he's famous today. Wow. For looking like a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> yeah. well, at the moment, you're trying uh, to build something up in China. Mm -hmm. And that's the main reason uh, why you're here today. 
because you do stand-up comedy in English,、mm -hmm. but because you speak Chinese, you are trying to build up the Chinese language stand-up comedy scene in Shanghai. Yes, yes. And I would like to hear more about this. I mean, all the Dashans, all the Jesse, what's his name,、um, Appel, Appel,、yeah. and all the all the people. Really, you know, it's really interesting. I had Dashan on the podcast early on. Wow, cool. And、uh, I still want to talk to Jesse, obviously. But I'm very happy to have you here today to talk about this because I'm. I'm, I am fascinated by Chinese humor and Chinese comedy and how to blend styles because obviously stand-up comedy is very, very, very、uh, Western and American in particular. Yeah. So I'd like to have your your views on how this came about and、uh, how you see it being realized in China. Yeah.、Um, so yesterday we had the first ever kung fu comedy Chinese comedy showcase. Um, and it was a massive success. I, we had sixty, seventy people packed house over at the Camel.、Um, you know, the the crowd was on fire. All the comedians killed it. It was like perfect. We could not have asked for a better show. It was a realization of months and months and months of work.、Um, and so, okay, going rewinding a little bit,、uh, I think Kung Fu Comedy started doing the Chinese open mics late last year, like September, October. Um, and I started doing it in, I want to say January,、um, and there was a good there was a good streak between January March, where the only comedians there were me, Storm, and Andy, and we were doing shows for five people if we were lucky. But it built up, you know, people kept coming back.、Uh, we were doing a lot more marketing, spreading it by、uh, word of mouth. Um, and yeah, it it all came together yesterday in a massively, massively successful show, and the first of many to come.、Um, but as for how it compares to、uh, the English scene, I mean, this the Chinese scene is very much in its infancy,、mm. you know. And with that,、uh, there's a whole whole new set of challenges. Like I'll, I'll put it this way:、um, with the English comedy, you know, a comedian more or less knows what the Formula is to get a crowd going,、mm -hmm. right? Because it's been done before so many times, and for that reason, you constantly have to be worried about like, oh, is this joke too similar to what you know Louis C.K. did in his special ten years ago, right? But with the with the Chinese scene, okay, there's yeah, there's Dashan, Jesse Appel, Joe Leibovitz, who else?、Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's probably more, but. Nowhere near as developed as it is. There's no, you know, Chinese Comedy Central showcase on Friday nights every single week.、Um, so, so you you don't have to worry about、uh, doing something that's too similar to some famous comedian. But, you know, what is the magic formula to consistently get a Chinese audience laughing? We don't know.、Uh, <laughs> Who knows? It's a work in progress. I、mm. mean, I've certainly had some successful jokes.、I've、had a lot of duds. Had a lot of jokes where they'll be laughing at, you know, way off from where the punchline was, and the punchline comes, and they're staring at me blankly, and、yeah. I'm like, okay, are they, are they laughing at like my humor, or are my tones off, or is my grammar shit like? So how whatever, you, they're laughing and they're they're coming back for more. So how do you navigate that? Because obviously you, th these are uncharted waters, yeah.、Right? And so, what's your first impression? What what is? Do you have like?、Um, Not a secret recipe, but at least a few pointers as to what 
people in China laugh at or the, the way you, you should tell a joke or something? I mean, the, the, the joke telling and the storytelling, it, it's similar structure, mm. but the, the content is totally, totally different. And for me, it takes way longer to write jokes about, um, to write jokes in Chinese. And it's not because of the language barrier, it's the cultural barrier. And, you know, you have to keep things a lot more PG than you do for the English shows. You know, I've tried pushing that boundary before, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes you can tell that you've just like, made people uncomfortable. It's like, okay. Well, yeah, I guess when an English-speaking crowd gets uncomfortable, they're kind of happy with it. They're like, oh, yes. whoa, wow, yeah, yeah. oh, man, you can't say But they're happy to express that feeling yeah. of being uncomfortable. And they kind of like it anyway yes you know they like being uncomfortable they like people pushing boundaries i guess it's part of the culture but in china yes i completely get you that they wouldn't want i mean they truly feel uncomfortable it's not to say they have to be pg but mm. you certainly have to tone it down compared to what you the kind of jokes that you'd hear at like an open bar open mic at scc <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i remember one of my chinese friends trying to tell me a joke she she spoke perfect french so we could communicate very easily and she translated a joke uh, in French and as she was telling the joke and she's Chinese and she's a good friend of mine she was just crying of laughter so the joke to her was so funny she couldn't barely she could barely finish the joke and when she finished I I was staring blankly at her I yeah. just didn't it's like why is this funny yeah. I felt like I was a Chinese guy <laughs> listening to an English joke and I was like I just, I'm sorry I don't get it you know this yeah. is whew. so I can understand the challenges there's also a lot more uh, physical comedy and slapstick, oh. uh, which is you know something I do a lot more of in the English shows. So that that's one thing that transitions over pretty easily. Mm. Um, and like I, there's been a few instances where I've taken jokes that I've done in for the Chinese shows and done them for the English shows, and it's worked out. But I've never been able to take a, sh uh, a joke from an English set, oh. just translate it over and do it in Chinese. It just doesn't work. So what do what are Chinese people willing to laugh about then? <laughs> He's racking when, his brain. When right in there. doubt, when in doubt, you got to make fun of Japanese. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, yeah, that that it, it is really hard to just pinpoint consistently. Yeah, mm. pinpoint what the funny parts are. Like, okay, mm. I did a joke about like, uh, you know, if the Avengers were Chinese, and so instead of Captain America, it was Captain China, mm. and. You know, he he had his weapons were made out of like foods like stinky tofu, hand grenades, and like tying two old uh, yo tiao together and using them like nunchucks. They thought that was hilarious, mm. right? But then I've done other stuff which I think would be hilarious, and just getting blank <laughs> stares, people looking confused. And... But 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 I guess the, what I found during improv, Morgan's, I did a, a little stand up, but I in front of Chinese people, I've, I've done more improv. And they, they're a good crowd, usually. They're, they're very um, uh, sympathetic, you know, and they're, they, 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 they want to enjoy their time, you know. So even if they're not sure, you know, they're just, just happy to be there and, and support. Is, yeah. is, that, is that the feeling you get? From absolutely, them? absolutely. And, you know, I definitely um, get special treatment for being one of two, sometimes three foreigners there mm. going up in Chinese. And, you know, that's a double standard. Like, you see you guys like Storm Shoe. Mm. Doing comedy in English, you know, very fluently yeah, and pretty hilarious. Yeah, but he's not going to get props for being a Chinese guy doing it in English. Yes, right, right. Absolutely. If anything, if you don't speak good English, you get 
crap for it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I can stumble by in, in broken Chinese and have my tones be completely off and still get, you know, the solid appreciation from the crowd. <laughs> so but it's okay. I'm, I'm not complaining about the uh, double standards there. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I really, I, I'm really impressed that in such a different language and such a different culture, uh, people are trying to to break it into the comedy business. Have you? So I guess have you ever have you ever listened much to Jolibo or have you tried to get to shows or get to know who the guy is? Um, honestly, I, I turned on the show once and I couldn't get into it. Mm. The jokes just weren't resonating, and I, just, I couldn't. I couldn't. Mm really appreciate it. Um, so, you know, I, I watch Chinese TV shows and movies and cartoons just to you know, work on the, uh, the language skills and get a better sense for what would be funny. Uh, but, you know, what I want to do is use some more uh, Western humor uh, sort of adopted into a Chinese-style comedy show instead of like, okay, there's that other foreign guy who does Chinese-style comedy that Chinese people like in mm. Chinese. Good. Yeah, you have yeah. to develop your own voice. I mean, yeah. it, this, you know, it's a truth in comedy anyway, but it couldn't even be truer, you know, when, when it gets to telling jokes in another language. You'll never be a Chinese guy telling jokes anyway. You'll be this white guy telling jokes. So, you know, finding that balance and that middle ground, I guess, is, is what you should be striving for. I, I don't watch Chinese TV much, but occasionally, because uh, I, I don't even have Chinese TV at home, but occasionally I will, you know, stumble <laughs> in a restaurant or something. I will mm -hmm. watch a show, and uh, I, I, I see something. And maybe it's also a little bit Japanese. But when there's comedy on the screen, or something that is meant to be funny, there's a lot of visual commentaries and sound effects yeah. added to all of this. And uh, I know I've seen that in Japan a lot, and I've I've seen it around Asia a lot. Anyway. And uh, beyond that, it makes me feel like it's kind of simple. I would I would say childish, but that might sound a little bit pejorative in the sentence. But it's kind of like uh, gaggy, basically, mm -hmm. and uh, lots of going and ding and then yeah. you know a lot of different funny sounds that they added, <laughs> which makes me think of the '80s for some reason. But um, would you say that's also a component of the comedy aspect where, because it's very visual with characters and all, so it's, mm -hmm. characters are a huge part, I guess, of the comedy, puns and stuff. But what, what do you think about that? I mean, is that, is that part of the comedy? I guess, I mean, I certainly uh, do a lot more uh, physical comedy and body language mm. to, to get the point across. I'm pretty sure I'm the only comedian who does martial arts on stage. <laughs> Hopefully for now, um, that that always works with the with with the Chinese crowds. Good, and sometimes with the English crowds. Cool. Well, I hope you, you get to do lots more in Chinese. Yeah, um, you get famous in China for doing it. That's the plan. Yeah, you have a. I like your philosophy. Uh, I ask you. I always ask my my guests if they have a, a plan, uh, as well for retirement or a long term plan. But you just 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 answered that you could get hit a bus by a bus tomorrow and die. So you just uh, have to take it day by day and make the most out of it, which mm -hmm. I really like. Have you ever been hit by a bus? No. No. Okay. Are you trying to jinx me? I'm <laughs> and one of your pet peeves is people walking on the subway watching TV on their phones and iPads. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. I take line one every day. Yeah. Enough said, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, line one, 
Shu Jiahui, Line 9, every morning for an hour. An hour? Yes. Oh, wow. Where do you go? I live in Minhong District. Oh. Yes. You live in Minhong. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. You uh, were talking about this anecdote of that a few weeks ago you were heading out of your apartment and you saw a local guy about to get his ass kicked by a girl. Yep. And then you ran up. I literally just walked out of the gate of my complex. Um, saw a guy and a girl screaming at each other, so I did what any normal person would do, and I started filming it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they were they were getting pretty physical with each other, um, and so mm -hmm. me and a few other guys were just waiting around just in case this guy got out of hand, you know, just in case we had to jump in. Uh, but we realized very quickly that uh, this lady was more than capable of taking care of herself. Um, and the, the, the clip that I have recorded, she just pulls off her jacket like a total <laughs> badass. And the guy's trying to grab like a person or something. Uh, she bites him on the arm. He grabs the other bag and then runs off like in the, the girliest run oh, wow. I've ever seen. And then I just... That's crazy. Yeah. And there's like a baby right there, what? two feet away. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations to the woman who didn't take it from a, from a man. Yeah. Well done. You, uh, you said you used to do Muay Thai. I still do. You still do? Oh, I you used still to, do. but I still do. You used to, but you still do. Yeah. Okay. That's a Mitch Hepburn joke. Okay. About doing drugs, but... Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in Shandong. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did you end up there? The, uh, the classic story of I was too young to get a work visa. Mm -hmm. um, so I came and, you know, desperate to come back to China. So uh, graduated in May of 2012, uh, worked for a few months, and then basically took the, the first legitimate job offer I could, which was for an English teaching position in uh, Jinan, in Shandong province. Uh, and I've been doing, I've been doing uh, Sancho kickboxing for a few years before that. Um, and I was, I was looking for a uh, Sancho gym, but sort of just stumbled across this uh, Muay Thai gym downtown near my school. And when you're teaching English, you work, what, two days a week and a couple nights? So I was going there pretty much every day, got a couple of my friends to come join, um, and we had a few different tournaments. Um, I technically won a fight against a guy who trained at Shaolin Temple. Wow. So interpret that however you want. <laughs> you know, by no means a uh, legitimate monk, but... A couple months into it, we organized a Team America versus Team China kickboxing event. And I figured this was going to be, okay, like the, the guys who come to the gym and they'll bring some friends, right? And then we get there, and this gym is in the back. It's, it's, it's harder to find than your place right here. It's just down one dirty alley, behind a dumpster, through another sketchy alley. You know, got to go through a Landry Lamian restaurant out the back, and then you find this... Wow. Dumpy gym. Um, and I get there with a couple of my buddies. There's like 150 people there. News team, performers, ring girls. What? Yeah. And um, the first fight uh, was one of my friends. Well, so every every fight was uh, team uh, American guy versus the Chinese guy. There were three fights. Uh, first one was a draw. Second one, the Chinese guy beat the American guy. And then I was the main event against this other dude. And um, first round, beat him up pretty badly. Second round was also uh, in my favor. Um, and then I just ran out of steam. And third oh, round, no. he was just whooping my ass. And I've never heard a crowd scream so loudly for blood. You know, they were just like, kill the Lao Wai, kill him. <laughs> 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 and, uh, 
but no, I survived and I got the victory, and then we all went out. Oh, for, you did! Oh, yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Um, and we all got we all went out for uh, cold beers and and uh, trar afterwards, and it was just it was an epic epic night, you know, one that'll that'll be with me for the rest of my life. Wow, impressive! Yeah, so much fun. I remember you. I think it's the first time I saw you because I I didn't know you until like a couple of months ago, maybe a bit more. Uh, I first saw you at open bar, open mic night. Oh yeah, it was not the first one. Maybe it was the first one. Oh, the second one. I can't remember now. And I, but I distinctly remember <laughs> you were one of the first acts. People were pretty inebriated, although it was only like eight thirty or eight forty-five. And there was this guy at the back when you first. <laughs> oh yeah. There was this guy at the, at the back in the dark of the room where the lights don't show. You know. And he just yelled out at you, let's say, an expletive, right? Dickhead. Dickhead, right. Yeah. That's the word. He did that. And mm -hmm. then you, you just ignored it, which I think was the proper behavior at this point. You just went on. But he kept mm -hmm. uh, using that word in a very, like, obnoxious way. As yeah. obnoxious as you can make this, the word sound. But the funny part about this is that you didn't really take it into account. You just went on with your comedy. But there was yeah. this other guy at the front, on the side, that probably had a few more drinks than anybody else, got up and tried to defend you. Oh, that was my buddy Dan Mixer. Oh, yeah. DJ Dan Mixer, yeah. Did, yeah, I didn't know the guy. And he got up and he's like, shouted at the guy, right? Yeah. But it was so funny because he was completely unexpected. <laughs> he was just wanted to fight this guy, basically. And there was a really funny moment towards the end of your act, you came back with that word, with that insult in the most beautiful way. And nobody expected it. it was like the most hilarious reappropriation uh, of an insult. That was really funny. Like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. That was my, it was my favorite, favorite set ever. Yeah. That, that, that was my first time at Open Bar. I think that was the first Open Bar Open Mic. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the best. That was an epic, epic show. Yes. They always are. They always are, They're getting yeah. more and more epic. Yeah. Oh, well, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. They are. They are very epic. They're becoming famous, or infamous, I should say. <laughs> Legendary. Legendary. Um, okay, before we go on, I'd like to make a few announcements about what's happening this week, as far as comedy is concerned, on stage in general. Sam Tripoli from The Naughty Show, Craig Ferguson, and all these uh, great TV late shows and comedy... Uh, is going to be in Shanghai, uh, and he has shows on June 18th, 19th, and 20th in Pudong, but also in Pushi. If you want some tickets, go fast to smartshanghai.com. It's 170 pre-sale, 250 at the door. Shanghai Tickler, still every Tuesday, open mic night, and sometimes on Friday with the open bar. Improv Team PRC, People's Republic of Comedy, every Thursday. Zmack will be back at Shanghai Comedy Club on June 21st. It's a Sunday, not a Saturday, because nobody's supposed to work on the following Monday at Dragon Boat Festival. Yes. And finally, Mohammed Magdi is headlining at the KFK, at the Camel, this Saturday, this coming Saturday. So there's no excuse not to go to a comedy show. By the end of the week, you should have your full of comedy. Mm -hmm. I'd like to make special... Um, announcement to all our listeners from being redirected from the international version of a Chinese dating app. We've been featured on this app, it's called Blued, and so hello to all our Blued members. Back to you, Evan, and if you were a Chinese dish, what would you be? 
Scorpion on a stick. Scorpion on a stick. Oh, you've been to Wong Fuji. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you were a song or a sound, what would you be? A car beeping really loudly for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Long tie or bow tie? Long tie. Long tie. Cold water. Finance, dude. Oh, sorry? Finance. Fine. Oh, yeah. You're right. Finance. Cold water or warm water? Hot water. Hot water. Beer or wine? Beer. Current favorite TV show? <laughs> uh, I'm embarrassed to say this, but uh, WWE, Monday Night Raw. Okay. If you could try a different job for one day, what would it be? Professional kickboxer. How do you keep your sanity in Shanghai? Stand-up comedy, kickboxing. What is it that you can't live without? Mm. 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 That's a good one. My homies. Your homies? My homies. Okay. In yeah. Shanghai? Yeah. Yeah. If you could travel... In time, mm -hmm. what period of history and location, obviously, would you like to go back to? Can't travel forward in time? Yep. I would travel forward in time. You travel forward? Yeah. Or any specific location or time? Uh, hundred years in the future, then thousand, a million. Yeah. In Shanghai? Or yeah. In, yeah? Yeah. You probably would see nothing. No. Well, thank you, Evan. Thank you for coming here today. Thanks for having me. Definitely two shows that I wanted to uh, promote while I got on here because these don't really get as much mention. Uh, first and foremost, the uh, open bar, open mics at Shanghai Comedy Club. Um, these are only once a month, and I think we're going to keep them that way for now so they have that uh, the exclusivity and we can build the uh, really build it up. Um, but really what this is, if you haven't been before, it's three hours of free flow drinks and a comedy show on a Friday night. So instead of going to Yong Kong Lu and spending 120 RMB on like two drinks, you can spend that same amount and have like 15 beers and laugh your ass off for five hours. Um, so the next one will be early July, okay. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my, my pride and joy is the. Uh, Saturday Chinese open mics. It's every Saturday, Kung Fu Comedy, 6.30, uh, at the Camel Bar. And, you know, uh, of course, we're, we're, we're playing towards the, the Chinese demographic, but you, you don't have to be Chinese or, you know, a Chinese expert, Chinese language expert to appreciate the show. You know, we use a lot of Chinglish anyways, a lot of body language. You know, I don't even understand what's going on sometimes. I've been studying for a long time. Uh, but, you know, if you want to try something different, improve your language skills, uh, get a better sense of what is happening with the, the comedy scene and, you know, what should eventually blow up into a massive Chinese language comedy scene, then come check it out. Excellent. Do you have any summer plans? Uh, just going back to the States in August. Cool. Two weeks. Go to the beach. New York? Oh, the beach. Yeah, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Evan. Thank you. See you soon at the club. Alrighty. Bye bye. Bye bye. You can
Cool. Well, my voice is really, it's like really echoing in here now. <laughs>